Hello, everyone. This is Amy Lee San Juan, Amy Lee San Juan on the Twitters, and I am very enthused to welcome you back to another amazing episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today, we're talking about business resiliency, which is a very relevant topic in these times. To bring you what you need to know, we have Cisco expert Stephen and Cisco champion hosts Evan, Peter, and Artem. We'll have Stephen kick off the conversation with a bit more detail around what we're talking about today. But before we get there, we're going to go through a quick round of introductions. Okay, Stephen, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself and what it is you do at Cisco? Pleasure to be here today. Uh, Stephen Smith, I'm the Chief Technology Officer in our Global Enterprise segment. Uh, my Twitter handle CCIE9292, an old one. Great year, by the way. That's the year I got married. Uh, so I thought that was quite ironic. But, um, but at Cisco, we, we really formulate strategy for our enterprise segment, our account teams, and, and what, what kind of solutions do we need to bring to market for our customers. So focus mainly on business outcomes. All right. Sounds like we have the right guy for the podcast. <laughs> Evan, tell us about yourself. Sure, Emily. Uh, my name is Evan Mincer. I am uh, responsible for information security at Ashfield Healthcare. Uh, on the Twitter, I am at Evan Mincer. Great. Peter, you're up next. Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is Peter Nefkens. I'm an independent consultant, architect, trainer, author. And you can find me on Twitter with FBJNF. Cool. Artem, last but not least, who are you? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Thank you, Emily. Um, yeah, my name is Artem Tkachev. I'm infrastructure manager at Keen Capital Stonex right now. Um, well, responsible for infrastructure and big piece of it is the security. So, thank you for having me. Uh, do you have a Twitter handle? Nope. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. We got to get you set up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, Stephen, set us up here. We, we know Cisco has been doing a lot of work to really define and deliver business resiliency, but what does that mean? Sure. I'll, I'll start with a little bit of a background. So, you know, over the past several months, we've seen major disruption to a lot of our industries and organization at really a rapid pace. And, you know, business resiliency has to make sure that we have employee safety, we can operationally maintain our continuity and meet the um, obligations our company has during challenging times. And so uh, resiliency, in short, has never been more essential. And so as our, as our customers start to navigate through that, we have an opportunity to reimagine what that workforce and workplace look like and make it really flexible and adaptable. So we as a company have come up with this um, set of solutions around business resiliency. And one of which is the secure, secure remote workforce. Um, and it, support, it supports the organizations as they start to look at what they need to enhance their environment after that initial approach. And then our trusted workplace, okay, which is, all about solutions that allow us to facilitate a safe return to the office by powering new modes of work and uh, em employee safety and requirements there. And so we're going to discuss both of those today with our esteemed group of Cisco champions. So let's get started. Oh, that's great, Stephen. So, so one of the things I think about, as you talked about, you know, we had to kind of go and, and make an emergency uh, change to everyone working. I mean, we, we, Way back in early March, it went from you know everyone's working in the office to we have to go home, and and being a security person, the concern is you know we have data all over the place. We have data that's on premises. We have data that's in you know probably three different clouds. 
What is it about the business resiliency that that is helping in that regard, about where the data resides? It's an excellent question. And, um, you know, that that was so easy when everybody was in the office and you had everybody uh, connecting securely to data stores, whether they were in the data center, public, private cloud, um, or even Internet SaaS um, applications. And so uh, obviously when everybody went home, you, you quickly grabbed whatever tool was convenient and try to connect back as best you can to the applications. And sometimes it wasn't the most efficient, but you, uh, you know, and even things like direct internet access, which, uh, which a lot of companies prevented in the past, they, they, um, they would allow, you know, with, uh, with some, some strict requirements around it, just try to overcome, how can I access the application? So the great thing about secure remote workforce, um, to answer your question, we, we accommodate all of those different data stores, okay, whether it's internet SaaS and that's all you need, or maybe you need a VPN connection to get into your network to, um, to either have that, that private or public hosted application, um, or, you know, or maybe, maybe you're SaaS internet primarily, and you just need um, to enable some applications. So, so a combination of security products, we have it as a foundation, okay, using Duo and Umbrella, um, AnyConnect VPN, you know, for software VPN, but you also, you know, think about the hardware VPN or, or Office Extend, our enterprise access points to allow hardware-based solutions. We can accommodate all of those. And, the, and here's the great thing. The security policies that you set are ready for compliance um, or, you know, that, that you've had in place for people that were in the office. You can extend those to your remote workforce because we're not introducing a net new working environment. This is an extension off your existing enterprise network. So hopefully, hopefully that helped. It, it did. And I think it's really important because probably a lot of companies are seeing, you know, do you need to go back to the office? I know where I'm at, we have to worry about, you know, six foot distance and, and keeping people apart if they're coming into the office. And the question is, do you really just force everyone to go back in? Um, as we move forward, you know, we're probably going to be more of a remote force. So, you know, what you're saying is, is really an important thing, trying to keep that security there. Yeah. And um, just to add to that, you know, if you, if you think about the way that we all try to service, you know, both do our job at the office, but service our customers. Okay. So, you know, think about um, someone who might be a, a mortgage advisor or, a, you know, a broker or maybe even telehealth. Okay. All of those require a certain level of engagement. And it needs to be secure. There's a lot of compliance wrappers around that. It needs to be recorded sometimes. So, so you have to think about all those tools that you would need to be able to, you know, continue to service those customers and those channels the same way you would in the office. And so that's that's one of the nice things about, you know, the way we've approached it is that it's not a bolt-on. And it, it truly is extending your environment out. So you know, your recording capabilities, your compliance, your your video streams, everything would work as it would in the office. It's just a new remote location. Yeah, and, and to, to add on that, it, it's of course not a single workload. Uh, as you mentioned, um, it's, it's telework, but somebody who's coming into the office or used to come into the office to do some work on Word and Excel and then go back home. You can do that quite easily uh, um, on your computer. It's just getting that computer in. I heard even uh, from a fellow champion that he was able to ship some access points with remote access to his uh, 
colleagues so they could actually connect with the same SSID and then hook it back up to the network to have that connection. And uh, I think that that's actually part of what has happened. I mean, I've been working from home structurally for, well, I, I lost count of years. So let's just take it easy and say 15 years. So I've been working from home structurally and, and it's really a paradigm shift. There are many people who are used to get into the car, get into the tra traffic jam in the morning, get into the office, do the work, and then have their mind shifted back to family time when they drive back in that same traffic jam. And now suddenly everybody is in the same room, juggling between kids and work. And of course we have the famous dog or children that are going through your WebEx. Um, but my point is, um, it has changed so much for so many people at the same time. How can you make that more sustainable? Because we, we took just the solutions that we we're used to do, like, like WebEx and Cisco helped a lot with the licensing on WebEx and AnyConnect. That has helped a lot of customers. But how can you make that sustainable in such a way that it's not only work from home or remotely for those important thi or those things? What I've been missing uh, is the collaboration on designs, on collaborating, on working on some, working out something new or sharing ideas. So I think that coming back to the office, you're going to change the way you work in the office too, aren't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's actually a great a great call out. Um, you know, and and most of our customers are, are saying the exact same thing that. You know, our new or our next normal, I won't call new normal. I think that's overused, but our next normal is is really about part-time home, part-time office and a frictionless experience between the two. And, um, you know, I think that that is the one thing that most people miss is that, you know, let's get together and collaborate on something. And, you know, tools like, um, you know, WebEx Teams help, video conferencing, okay, Look at the adoption of video conferencing now, video technology. Um, once we move back to the office, employees are not going to just say, hey, you know what? I don't want to use video anymore. They're going to say, I, I want to use video at my desktop. I want to be able to collaborate with my teammates in other offices or at home the same way I did when I was at the house because they found out that it's really important to have video. It's really important to see that individual on the other end and actually be able to read into that you know, what, what is our conversation productive or not? I would even go further and would say it's a requirement because not everybody will be in the office at the same time. So some of You're my exactly coworkers right. that I need to work with are working from home and I'm accidentally at the office because we need to take that six feet apart. So not everybody can be at the same office at the same time. You're, ex you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, you know, I, I guess our new normal or next normal, next normal, um, is, uh, is, is all about embracing video. And, um, and you know, it, it, you, you also brought up something else that was really important is that, that social density and proximity conversation. Okay. And how do you, how do you make sure that people keep their distance or I don't have, let's say I've got a conference room and it's, you know, I can only put four people in it and maybe I've got eight in it. Um, so, how can I, you know, ensure that that we're, you know, in compliance with whatever um, policy we put in place for the office? I mean, do we have too many people in the break room? Do we have, you know, are you and I too close together? Um, you know, do you, you, we have to be a cube apart? Whatever those things are. And that's one thing they've looked at with Trusted Workplace is how do you leverage 
DNA spaces, you know, and and capabilities on our conferencing systems to make sure that automatically those things happen. And we're able to take that and push information out to facilities or alert the workforce that there's something out of compliance. So embedding that into the network, into the facility is really is really almost a requirement now because you, you have to ensure that. So I think, you know, you've got some excellent call outs that things are going to be different and we've just got to make sure that those things are frictionless. Yeah, Stefan. Yeah, I think a lot of good points with Azure guys. Um, collaboration, you know, security stuff. Um, I'm thinking about the borderless networks and zero trust when you're talking about that. Um, about the tracking people when they're inside, that's amazing, as well as you also need to think how to action on that. Because, you know, what you need to do with data that you're receiving from all these sensors. Um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's um, it's one of those things where we've always had, you know, the ability to do location tracking. Okay, you think about, you know, hospital beds or, you know, um, you know maybe the, you know, uh, the, the, the machines that they would move on carts from room to room. And what we've done is we said, you know, um, that's the exact same capability that's required for some of these new requirements for social density and proximity and leveraging DNA spaces, leveraging Meraki Insights. You have the visibility. And you have the mechanisms to go ahead and, and drive that policy into the infrastructure and, and raise visibility to operations. So um, it, it's it's super, super important. Um, you know, and I think too, uh, you, you brought up the zero trust piece. And you know, I you know, the nice thing about secure remote workforce, and I, I go back to it because I do think it's unique in the market, it's not an all or nothing kind of implementation. You know, the baseline for our secure remote workforce is a zero trust model. And that leverages Duo and AnyConnect and AMP for endpoints um, and, and Umbrella to, to ensure that there's security for that user, be it you know, SaaS-based or you know, being able to access applications and, um, and, you know, in, a, in a private cloud or a data center or, or hosted. And, um, and you know, we leverage those capabilities to do it. Now, if you need more than that, Okay, if you need more access, full access, we can fire up VPN tunnels using AnyConnect. Okay, and uh, you know, and and then even further, if you need to drive things like quality of service, ensure that you have a consistent environment, you can use those hardware-based solutions, be it ISR 1100s, you know, Meraki MX or Z3s, um, or you know, you know, enterprise access points. So all of those work in the exact same solution set and can be managed centrally, like you manage your workforce today. Yeah, and with that, you get your visibility because I think that what happened since March is just a very big accelerator to really the real application of zero trust uh, on the work loads. No, not the work loads, the workforce. Right, right. Um, yeah, I keep mixing them up sometimes. Um, but you need to have that visibility because it, it, it. I've seen a couple of reports again that over the past six months there were just as many phishing attacks as the whole of 2019 over just the first six months because the mobile network the home network is well less secure probably uh, well not my home network but in general the home network is is less secure so it's an easier attack factor to gain entrance to the building to the company to that data that i want to see 
I think whether it's a you know surface of attack just you know abnormal right now when people are just pretty close the globe and they're working from home and you need to keep the security level on the level that it was before them, you know. That that's really challenging. Is is oh, business yeah. resi resilience doing something in that too? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. You know the visibility. Uh, I mean, Peter, you you're spot on. Okay, so you think about it, you think you move a workforce home. Okay, you've got your workforce at home. Are they actually productive or not? You can think about that. And then I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, and, for the record and, and with the exception of Emily, I mean are they secure okay so you know you, you bring up a really good point I mean that, that attack surface is much larger now okay and now instead of having you know 15 or 100 branch locations and campus locations I could have literally thousands of these remote locations okay and you've got to be able to take that throw it in a single pane of glass take action on it and the wonderful thing about our security suite SecureX does that so we bring all of those security products into a single pane of glass and you've got visibility, you can take action on it. So, you know, you, you can manage that security estate differently. In addition, now with Thousand Eyes, I can look and see how is that work? How's that workplace actually performing? Is the application working out there? Do I have problems? You know, end-to-end -end visibility where before, I mean, hey, you know, I'm getting a call from Peter because he can't get access to an application. I should know that you didn't get access to the application because, I mean, you're at home. Hey, two hours later, you know, you're still kicked back. Well, the application will come back online sometime. But you, we need to be proactive on our side and say, hey, you know what? We know, we know there's a problem in the network. You know, and here's where that problem resides. It could be the last mile with your ISP. It could be an application access thing because of the way you've had to access the application. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's visibility is the one thing that um, that a lot of people probably are struggling with right now because of the way they've had to implement this remote workforce. So excellent call out. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of uh, concern around that. Um, you think about the visibility, it's, well, that's just someone's home network. And the IT people, you know, think maybe I don't have to deal with it. Uh, the concern on my my part is thinking that, you know, usually someone, they're getting in their car and they're driving to the office, at least before March, they did that. And that's kind of that in their mind, a mental kind of changing point of going from I'm at home to I'm at work. Now the difference is you're leaving your bedroom and going to your office and maybe the dog's in the way and that's about your only traffic. Um, and you're thinking, well, I'm still in the house. Like you just said before, you know, if the application's down, I'll just go do something in the house. Uh, the concern there is is the security aspect of it from the data. Now that you know the data is in the office, or the data is in the cloud, it still needs to be secured. So I mean, what do, what are we doing from that? I think we talked before about umbrella and, and other other options. You know, when we look at all those things, how, how is the secure remote workforce bringing those tools all together so that way it, you know, IT can then see the security of it? Well, and, and you know, I think, you know, back to back to being able to bring um, all of those security assets that we have, okay, and when we talk about Duo and AMP for endpoints and Umbrella and, um, you know, AnyConnect and, um, you know, and, and cloud email security, even as part of the solution. But you bring all of those under SecureX, the policy you have in your network, you extend. But I'll, I'll also throw something else on top, things like virtual desktop, okay? And a lot of people don't think about virtual desktop much anymore, unless it's a contact center employee. But absolutely, we take virtual desktop, extend it out um, and in an optimized fashion. 
to make sure, for instance, for data sovereignty. I mean, maybe I, I don't want that data to be in the house anymore. Okay, I, it, it could be in your desk on your desktop in the office, but it cannot be outside of my four walls. And there's all kinds of compliance things that might require that. So VDI on top of secure remote workforce is an absolutely you know critical function for some organizations. Um, so I think it's a combination of things, and I, and I don't know if I answered that completely for you, but I mean it's it's bringing my security products together and having a single pane of glass, but also you know being able to layer on additional capabilities like VDI to make sure that data is where it needs to be and not in places it shouldn't be. And and the the integration should of course be easy to integrate all these tools and not a hassle in installing and managing them. You're right. And, and and I think that's what we've tried to do with both trusted workplace and secure remote workforce. I mean, you know, typically if you try to do it yourself and a lot of people do, you know, I would do it one way, you do it another way. You know, um, you know, Evan might do it another way, Artem might do it another way. What we've tried to do is take all of these, pull them together and ensure that they operate the way they should optimally. And we've tried to think about not just deploying them and having you know, 16 different capabilities, but bringing them together as a solution and delivering them as a solution, which means that it's repeatable, scalable, manageable, um, because that is so, so important right now. And, um, you know, most most companies, you know, they're struggling. I mean, how, you know, there's never enough IT people out there. So how do we make that management of this, you know, of this remote workforce easier for them to maintain? So, so when you say when when you say it's bringing it together, how is that then? I guess seen to the to the to the to the, the company. So, I mean, you know, we can go out. We can, you know, we might have an any connect uh, any connect for VPN. We might have you know umbrella for for web browsing. But when you say secure remote workforce, what is it we're actually purchasing, or what is Cisco doing to deliver that secure remote workforce? So, um, so it goes back to the the way that we have looked at. Um, these solutions, we've brought in, you know, an essential type worker, an advanced capability that layers on top and premium capabilities. So we've taken foundational components, put them together and put buying programs around them. Um, and, you know, for instance, uh, you know, if you're, if you're just looking at, you know, an, a foundational capability, it's a set of products that we have put together and we sell them as a, as a group of products. And so whether that's through enterprise agreements or you know other, other buying programs that we have in place, um, depending upon the size of the customer, those, those differ a little. Um, you know, our larger accounts, probably some big, you know, masters, you know, w, WPAs and things like that. But, um, but what we've tried to do is we bundle them together so that it's not, like I said earlier, it's not an all or nothing, but we've grouped capabilities to make it easier, not only to identify what what requirements you have and what you know what work styles align to those based on where your application workloads might reside, but also your collaboration capabilities, which we really we haven't talked a lot about that yet. But um, but collaboration is also part of these solution sets, and um, and again something super critical, and it can't be a bolt on. I've got a cell phone at home. Okay, well, and is everybody, how do you, does everybody have my cell phone number and directory? I mean, how do we, how do I ring calls down to me? You know, so we extend our collaboration environment out. And um, in the investments you've already made, be it on-prem or cloud-based, whether it's WebEx calling or UCM cloud, all of those things are completely integrated 
with this solution. And, um, and so again, we bundled those up. So you have calling, messaging, and meetings. And so all of those we group together as a single buying program. It's not an all or nothing though. You can look in and say, you know what? I really don't need this capability. Well, you can opt out of it, but we at least, we at least provide you the guidance as to this is what that workplace would look like and provide buying programs around it to help make it, make the consumption easier. So it's not just, here's a skew and be done. There's, there's, no. there's, there's flexibility there's behind it. And there's also help with deploying and getting into what it needs to be. And, and as you said, it doesn't have to be every single component you have to purchase or you're not getting it. Exactly. I mean, I mean we have to be realistic. Um, you know, customers have investments and you need to be able to leverage those investments and augment them or supplement them with these capabilities because someone might have, you know, and I'll, I'll just be transparent. There might be a competitive offering in there. Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, if that's the, if that's the offer you want to, uh, to continue to run with, that's, that's fine. But we should be able to provide you advanced capabilities to make that remote workforce sustainable. And I think that's the goal here is that, you know, a lot of folks push things out and they said, wow, you know, guess what? We kept the lights on. We kept the business, you know, the doors of the business open, but we can't sustain this long term. So now we're sort of in that reflect phase where we're like, how do we make this sustainable? Because, um, you know, it's like what Peter said. I mean, you know, this is this is probably this new work style where people will be at home sometimes, back in the office sometimes. There might be some functions that are full time remote. There might be other functions that are full time in the office. But you have to accommodate all three and make that experience frictionless and manageable. Because today, I don't think a lot of folks have that it's manageable experience going on right now. Yeah, definitely. I think it, the new normal, we were just talking about that before, when you think about, you know, the office used to be that central location where you can meet and you don't have to worry as much about it, but you can't really have those meeting rooms as, as the way you did it before. So then, yeah, Peter, you're absolutely right with that, where the video becomes really important, especially the collaboration, being able to collaborate where before I used to be able to swivel my chair around and see other team members and we could collaborate that way. I, there's a wall behind me. I, there's no one there to talk to. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And and I think that collaboration is going to be one of the most difficult hurdles that we need to face and overcome. Because the whiteboarding is so powerful in troubleshooting, in in solving a major incident or, or doing something like working out a new design or new services. You need to have that capability of whiteboarding. And it's not the same with a mouse or on an iPad. It's It's... It's not the same experience. And and I, I feel that also on the Salesforce, I've heard it from a couple of account managers, they really want to have that true interaction and not just to talk about, are you managing, are you coping? Peter, I think we need to wait for another year and this will come. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and today, I mean, so some of those capabilities do exist. So you think about, you know, the capabilities we have on the Desk Pro and the DX80 and the collaboration and, we can, we can pull up a whiteboard, we can interact, we can take, we have smart boards. I mean, so we all inter, you know, interact on the exact same document and, and share it out. They were primarily focused on being in an office. Uh, I don't want to have a 65 inch WebEx board in my <laughs> office because I can't sit there anymore. And so we need to look at that work from home where it's really a home environment where the office is usually not that much square feet or square meters depending on where you live um, and it's a balance 
and and that's where it's going to be uh i think difficult uh uh, and and i think we still need to make a few steps there yeah uh, i agree i agree we have some opportunities there yeah when when you think about different people that that work you know different people work differently i mean we're it people and we probably all work differently so yes. you have to realize that, you know, some people need certain things, some people, you know, for their job and, and other people need different, you know, different types of setups or, or different uh, tools that helps them to be able to, to, to work even remotely. Yeah. And I think it's still is the time passed after the, uh, this new normal starts um, and people, you know, the old company started to think about the security first and then collaboration will come. So, yeah, I think we need to wait a little bit more and, and all these kind of use cases that you guys said, this will be covered for sure. The one thing we haven't touched on is contact center. So, you know, that, that's one area too. Um, totally, total support for that and everything we've done because, um, you know, as, you, as you, you, know, you can well imagine, I mean, a lot of, a lot of contact centers are remote now, um, but but if you think about secure remote workforce, no issues there. No matter which work style you put in place, whether it's you know non VPN, non hardware based, you can still work with contact centers. So um, so I think that's something important to call out. Yeah, I mean vo- voice traffic is is I guess something that a lot of people may not think of from a security standpoint. Um, you know, if my company will actually deal with you know PHI PII. Um, and they'll sometimes we have calls where that is being discussed because the customer is calling in and, and saying stuff about them. And if that call is not secure, that could be a problem. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I think, you know, security on the collaboration side, whether it's audio or video, is so important. I mean, we, we see that, you know, you know, meetings. I mean, you think about business B2B type meetings now where there's a lot of, really important confidential discussions that are taking place over video, which in the past would have been in a boardroom. You know, everybody would have been in the same physical location. So it is so critically important that those calls are encrypted, that they're secured, and that you're able to uh, to ensure that. So I think that's the, that's the one thing that we have really done from the very beginning of building the Secure Remote Workforce offer is we've ensured that there's no compromise on the on the security whatsoever, no matter which type of work style you you introduce. And so, um, so when you know we take a lot of pride in that 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 you know it's it's been embedded from the very beginning. Yeah, def, definitely good to hear that security is is the first on the list and not like it used to be. <laughs> some <laughs> some companies we won't name that thought, oh, we, we should probably secure it after we built our product. Yeah. That that's not twenty twenty anymore, or twenty eighteen, in for that matter, or even earlier. So one thing I haven't heard, um, you know, from any of you yet, um, have we talked about remote operations? So if you think about, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we might need access to, we might not be able to gain access to. So, um, so have we? Uh, any of you experienced that? In, uh, in in your environments today, I'd say not me directly, but some of the IT folks that I work with, they do have to go in the office. Uh, you know, when you look at like dealing with wireless issues or, or even just network, you know, physical network issues on the switch, obviously they got to be in there to deal with those that hardware. 
we had some issues with again that physical i mean keeping six foot away in a 19 inch rack and racking and stacking a six unit chassis switch is kind of difficult um, to keep your distance uh, specifically in a data center and on operations uh, i've seen more and more organizations that already have jump hosts to view that sensitive operational data so it's another measurement of doing a VPN and then go to the jump host and then you can see your operation data and perform changes. And there are of course some environments that I'm aware of that have even more sensitive data. And those critical teams will are, have always been in the office, but in, um, in split schedules. So one team would be in the office and the other team would be remote and the next week vice versa. So they cannot even cross infect each other too. Uh, I know a couple of banks in Holland did the same thing with their teams to make sure that there's no cross-infection. Yeah, and uh, another use case is in the industrial sector where you have, you know, machines. Um, and uh, yeah, people have these uh, bastion hosts where they're just trying to jump in and, and uh, try to get the data out of machines. And they have, yeah, they have two EVPNs even sometimes just to get there. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, becoming. I mean, as Ivan said, security number one should be right now. I think. So I mean, and I I agree with you, and I think um I think a lot of our IoT um solutions help there. Um, you know, whether it's carpeted, non-carpeted, really really doesn't matter. But you you look at you look at um all of our all of our capabilities to rem remotely access things and and leveraging you know products like CyberVision to. Uh, to, to try and help, um, you know, actually operationalize all of that. So I, I think that remote operations is probably one of those that early on, you know, it, it was difficult because people didn't have things in place. Um, you know, and I, and I also think another is, um, is, is those employees that are, are field technicians. You know, you think about the, the individuals who are working in, you know, maybe, you know, wind farms or solar farms, uh, oil and gas rigs, you know, that, that you physically have to get out and you have technicians that are out in the field, um, you know, and, and that's one of the things we do have with Secure Remote Workforce. You can accommodate all those mobile devices and they can participate in this solution just as if you were at home or in an office. So um, I, I think that's another important one is to, to make sure you have connectivity no matter what type of device you're on. And, and it has to, again, it has to be seamless, um, so. Yeah, that, that device agnostic uh, situation is important. I think, as I said before, different people work different ways. We, we do have people that work with just an iPad, for instance, and being able to do, you know, similar work on an iPad is, is a little tougher. I don't think I could do it with my work, but uh, we do have people that, that what they're doing, they're, and they're, they're visiting people, and, uh, you know, it, they need that same uh, same level of, of work. When you say that, I think we've got an employee and uh, they, they work on their iPad a lot. And if you, you remember Finding Nemo and the, the daughter is tapping on the fish tank, <laughs> that, that's the way, it, that's all the way it always looks when you're on a mobile device and they're tapping on it. It's pretty interesting. But again, that's why video now is so, so important. I mean, you don't, you would have missed that if you didn't have video. Yeah, and what one good piece actually? I mean, the user experience is really important to use different devices, but security again should be also a big piece of that. Regardless of where you are, um, policies should be the same. It's true. True. It can't be bolted on. You know, and it has to be. It has to be embedded. 
All right. Well, um, any uh, any other further questions? I mean, I really, I mean, I think this has been a lively discussion. So, I mean, just just real quick. So, you know, we've we've talked about a bunch of different products. We talked about it being, uh, you know, kind of that new service. So, so where does the end user go at this point to say, you know, okay, this sounds great. What do I, you know, how do I go about uh, about getting it, obtaining it? Um, at, you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so on uh, on Cisco.com, you can just search for connected experiences or business resiliency, and it will take you right to these solutions. Um, there's a lot of material there. There's some videos that show you the experience that you would have. Um, and, uh, and then there's connections out to all of the different industry use cases that would take advantage of secure remote workforce and trusted workplace, which I think are equally, if not more important, because the technology is all great, but it's the outcome. And if um, that, that's more important. And most customers are really looking at a specific outcome they need to attain. And so we've really done a good job. Our industry solutions group has done a really good job mapping what those are and how they fit into this structure and framework. So, so thanks for calling that out. Yes. Or alternatively, you can click on the link provided in the podcast description to learn more. <laughs> that might be a little bit easier. Uh, yeah. Well, no surprise, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you for listening in today, and a special thank you to our hosts, Evan, Peter, and Artem, and our Cisco expert, Stephen. Uh, just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform to get alerts on our latest releases, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.